podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello and welcome to Daily Red, your lunchtime catch-up on all things Liverpool FC on a Wednesday on which Liverpool will take on Villarreal at Anfield in the first leg of the Champions League semi-finals. Last night, Manchester City and Real Madrid played out a very, very interesting game in which City could really have won 8-3, 9-3, managed to win 4-3, but could easily have lost 5-3. Real missed a couple of good chances of their own. Real went two up within, or City went two up within 10 minutes and people on social media immediately began to write off Real Madrid, which I just think is a little bit foolish. When you have a team that just knows how to win Champions Leagues, which they do, and a manager who knows how to win them, which they do, I just don't think you can ever write them off. And when Benzema is playing the way Benzema is playing, I think it's foolish to just overlook them, to dismiss them. The second leg is going to be fascinating in that one. City have the one goal lead. There's obviously no away goals now. So Real will have to outright win. They can't just go and beat them 1-0, 4-4 in aggregate. They go through in away goals. They'll have to actually beat them by two clear goals to win the tie. Or they could look to get it to penalties, which I think, again, would favour Real. I think Real would have more players you'd trust in a penalty shootout than City would, especially the goalkeeper. But we don't have to worry about them just yet. We have to worry about Villarreal tonight. Now, myself and Carl have done a scouted, taking a look at Villarreal. But to sum up what we're expecting, 4-4-1-1 or a 4-5-1. Gerard Moreno is expected to miss out. Cochin is expected to miss out. That's two important players for them. They'll likely play Danjuma up front. Lacelso potentially behind him as the one linking midfield and attack. So we'll have to be careful of LaCelso. And I know people will say, oh, well, LaCelso was in the Premier League and did nothing. He is a good player. He is a very good player. And he is capable of hurting us if we allow him time and space and opportunity. The same goes for Dan Juma. He was at Bournemouth in the Premier League. It didn't go particularly well. He did well in the Championship. He's done well this season. He's a bit of a streaky player in that you look at his kind of half-season splits. First half of the season, goals galore. Second half, not so much. He's only scored in two games in the La Liga season this since Christmas. So you're sort of looking at it and thinking, 
is he due? Is he due to score? Is he due to have a big game? He had impressive performances against both Bayern and Juventus. He caused their defences a lot of trouble, but their defences aren't anywhere close to what our defence is. In midfield, they'll be hard-working. Capoue and Parejo will work hard. They're good at progressing the ball. But they're both a little bit slow. They're both on the wrong side of their prime. And if we retain possession well, we should be able to move the ball around them. The fullbacks will be most likely Juan Foyt, who played for Spurs, and Purvis Estupinen, who played, well, didn't play for them, was owned by Watford. Carroll came up with the idea that they could play Serge Aurier, formerly of Spurs and PSG, as a right winger in this game, ahead of Foyt to kind of help make them more defensively solid. I, I think it's actually not a bad shout. In the middle, they'll have Raul Albiol. He's a little bit slow-footed. He's the type of player you can get at. And then probably their best player is Pau Torres, who plays the left-side centre-back role. But Torres isn't the quickest either. So there is possibility for us to get at that back four. They will play very deep. They'll be very compact. They're not going to come and try and win this game. If they can catch us on the counter, they'll absolutely try and do that. But they're coming for the draw. And they'll be happy if they get out of Anfield with, say, a 2-1 defeat or a 1-0 defeat. If it's only one goal in it, they'll be very happy to go home with just that deficit. So the pressure's on us tonight. We're the ones that are going to have to break them down. They're not going to give us anything. They're not going to be an open team. They're not going to be an expansive team. They're going to come. They're going to bed in. And they're going to try and grind it grind it out for 90 minutes and that's going to be difficult it is going to be difficult and it puts a lot of emphasis on Jurgen Klopp's team selection now this is Anfield and Liverpool.com have both put up suggested teams so let's have a look at these so Liverpool.com have got Right, this is Matt Addison's selection. Uh, Allison, Trent, Ebu, Virgil, Robbo, Henderson as the six. Henderson as the six makes no sense to me. Thiago, Keita, Salah, Jota, and Diaz. I'm sorry, Mane has to be the nine for this game. I really do think Mane has to be the nine. Uh, James Martin has gone Allison, Trent, Ibu, Virgil, Robbo, Fabinho, Thiago, Keita, Salah, Mane, Diaz. That would be my 11 as well. That would be my 11 as well. Uh, Emmett Gates, he has gone with Allison, Trent, Ibu, Virgil, Robbo, Fabinho, Thiago, Nabi, 
Salah Diaz Mane. So again, the same, the same as uh, as James. I, I think that's got to be the team. I really do. We need a midfield that can break down that defence. The midfield wasn't the issue against Everton. I've seen some people say it didn't work against Everton. Yes, it did. Yes, it did. We absolutely dominated the game. So it did work. The issue was Trent had a stinker. Mo was dreadful for an hour. Mane was awful. And Jota was poor. The issue wasn't Naby Keita, Fabinho and Thiago. The issue was what was in front of them. And the outlet from right back having one of his worst games of the season. This is Anfield then have two lineups. So the first one they've gone for is Ali, Trent, Ibu, Verge, Robo, Henderson, Fabinho, Thiago, Salamane, Diaz. And the second is exactly the same, except with Nabi in for Henderson. I think it has to be it has to be Nabi. It just has to be Nabi. It makes far more sense to play Nabi in this game, play Thiago in this game, and then keep Henderson for Newcastle on Saturday. He can come off the bench in this game. But I did find it interesting that when Klopp went to change things at the weekend, his first change wasn't to bring Henderson on. It was to go more attacking, to bring on Diaz and Origi. And I wonder if in this game he might start 4-3-3 and then look to go 4-2-4. I'd even wonder if it's possible that he might look to start 4-2-4. If he might look to play with Salah right, Diaz left, Jota and Mane through the middle. Have Rigi off the bench, Bobby hopefully back off the bench. It wouldn't surprise me if Klopp decided we're just going to go and attack them here because they can't hurt us, so we're going to go and attack them. They don't have the pace because in all likelihood, Jeremy Pino's not starting and Chukwesi's not starting. So other than Danjuma, there's no pace in that team. Bar the left back. Is stupid and is quick, but he's going to have his hands full with Salah. They're going to play likely, they normally play four midfielders, four central midfielders across the midfield. If Lacelso has to play more centrally behind the striker, I'd imagine Aurier comes in and he's quick, but he's not lightning quick. He's not anything Robbo's going to have to concern himself with. And on the other side, they're going to play a central midfielder tucked in. So Trent's not going to have to be too concerned about getting caught. Four-two-four could be fun tonight. I expect he'll go four-three-three, and if he does, I hope it's Naby, Fabinho, and Thiago because that's the midfield that warrants the start, regardless of anything else. Those are the three in form. Those are the three who've been good this season. And bringing anybody else into that midfield is not bringing them in on merit because nobody else has really had a standout season in midfield. Henderson's been really poor. Milner's had a poor season. Jones has been very up and down. And he's barely featured lately. It's not going to be Elliot. And Ox has had a poor season. So 
you've got three midfielders playing well and nobody else, you go with the three that are playing well. You can change things up for Newcastle. In all likelihood, City are going to win the rest of the Premier League games. We're relying on them to drop points for us to have a chance at winning the Premier League. The Champions League is entirely in our own hands. It's entirely in our own hands. So we need to go and win these games. From Garcia's ghost goal to Barca's comeback, Liverpool's five Champions League semi-finals. This was put together by young Henry Jackson. So obviously 0405 against Chelsea. The same team in 0607. And obviously we overcame them on both occasions. 0708. They got the revenge. This one was horrendous. This was horrendous. Johnny Reese's own goal in the first leg at home. Horrible. Absolutely horrible. Roma in 1718, we all remember that. Barcelona in 1819, probably the most famous semi-final second leg going. We've done pretty well. We've only failed to win a semi-final once. And when you think about it, we were very much the underdogs against Chelsea, very much the underdogs against Chelsea again and again. We were favoured against Roma, but we were massive underdogs against Barca. Now, against Roma, we played the first leg first, and against Chelsea in 07-08, we played the first leg first. The other three, we played the away leg first. I don't know whether it's an advantage. With, with no away goals, maybe it is an advantage now to play at home first. Who knows? But we should be going into tonight's game confident. Now, they're a good team and they need to be respected, but we should be confident tonight ahead of this one. We might well have the most famous Champions League semi-final second leg and the most famous final. In, in the history of the Champions League. Now you can go back maybe further into the, into the old European Cup days and perhaps you find something else. But in the Champions League era, in a semi-final to come back from 3-0 down, to win 4-0 at home with an iconic goal like corner taken quickly, the manner in which we did it with the players they had, that might be it. Istanbul is unquestioned. Unquestioned. It is the one. We'll take a repeat of the Barcelona second leg tonight. We'll just take a nice 4-0 win, and that'll do us. That gets a 4-0 win. And you can play whoever you want next week. Just go. You're not going to lose by four clear goal. As long as Virgil and Ali are there, you'll be all right next week. Um, what else do we have? This is Anfield have their 10 things to know ahead of tonight's game. Um, Etienne Kapue has come out and said that playing at Anfield is like living in hell for 90 minutes. He says the atmosphere, the way Liverpool play, it just makes it a very, very horrible place to go, which 
hopefully they get to experience that in its full glory tonight. On Liverpool.com, uh, Liverpool ready for best in the world transfer audition as Jurgen Klopp may have made an error. That is about Arnaut Denjuma. I don't for one second believe we made an error. If we'd signed him, we wouldn't have signed Diaz and Diaz is a better player. Liverpool have dropped a big Jurgen Klopp successor hint nobody has noticed as FSG begin new era. This is basically suggesting that Pep and Linders is the one to take over and the logic behind it is signing Diogo Jota and Luis Diaz. You can... That's some serious mental gymnastics. It really is some serious mental gymnastics. Obviously, Linders worked with Porto for eight years. He did not work there when Luis Diaz was there. Diogo Jota is, of course, Portuguese. So the point of the article is that signing two players with Portuguese connections is a pattern. Well, Diogo Jota, we signed from Wolves. And he had minimal success in his career in Portugal. Uh, He had left Portugal four years before we signed him. And while he may be a Portuguese player, we also have Egyptians and Senegalese and Ghanaians and all sorts of others. So I wouldn't imagine that had much to do with anything. If, If it is to do with the Portuguese thing, and in particular signing Diaz, I'd imagine Julian Ward had far more to do with both signings. Considering how we operate, Julian Ward, with his connections to Portugal, probably had far more to do with signing Jota and signing Diaz than Pep and Linders did. The Media Digest piece, there's a a bit about Chouameni. There is a bit about Darwin Nunes. Uh, There's a bit about Juventus, apparently, eyeballing Costas Simicus, which... Is a bit interesting. They do desperately need new fullbacks. Uh, there's a piece about Serge Gnabry. There's a piece about Matura Martinez. Give those a read. As and when you get a chance. Uh, a defining week of football for Liverpool FC. This is a piece on AnfieldIndex.com, written by Stephen Smith. He actually wrote it a couple of weeks ago. But when you read it, it actually makes more sense now that's been published and certain things have already transpired. So do check that one out. It's a couple of new podcasts. Obviously, I mentioned yesterday, new scouted, new rate, don't hate. There is a new under pressure with Dan Kennett, Dan Rhodes, Phil Barker, and Simon Brundish, which you can check out whenever you get a chance. And there is a very special fatigue index Simon Brundish with Ross Tucker and Nick Harris. So some of you may have seen the Twitter back and forth between Nick, who's obviously, you know, done quite a lot of reporting on doping in sport. And Simon, who is one of the top sports scientists in the country. So do give that a listen. I haven't heard it yet. I'm guessing it's going to be outstanding. Shout out to uh, to Mo Chatra, who was the idea man behind that one, and to uh, to Eddie and Co for putting it together. Should be very very good. 
Right. That's me for today, folks. I will see you tomorrow, hopefully, to discuss a comprehensive Reds win. See you tomorrow. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.